Drive and Double Feature presents a Spooky Mint Spent in a Ghost House, Episode 41. This is no longer a minute-by-minute podcast covering the two second half of the 80s haunted house movies, Spookies and Ghost House. I am your host, Dan, and this, as I've promised for a while now, is where we're switching it up. We're covering minutes 41 through 45. I know, in seven, 70s Friends of Frankenstein, I kept saying 40 to 45. But the, the so we're actually like like for spookies right here. I've got a pause right now, and I'm on forty oh one. You just don't want to do anything that I want to do, and we're gonna to go to forty five, which will cover minutes forty one through forty five, and then we'll talk about it. And I if, I think with seventies friends of Frankenstein, it picked everything up nicely, so I'm hoping it does the same here. Uh, the only thing, of course, is that you're not gonna be hearing the audio because there's no way I'm gonna say okay. Spend the next five minutes listening to the audio from Spookies. No, you unfortunately have to go find it yourself. What I'm going to do is, um, uh, in a moment, I'm just going to uh, put a little bit of silence in, put a little bit of music in. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to put right here. Just for about 10, 15 seconds, and then I'll be on the other side. I'll tell you exactly what we cover in the five minutes, and then we'll talk about it. And then we'll do the same for Ghosties. Ghosties ain't a movie, is it? Ghosties sounds like a cereal. Doesn't it sound like a great cereal? I guess Ghost House and Spookies together is Ghosties. That's what I should have called this podcast, Ghosties. Dan's Driving Door Feature presents Ghosties. I'm minute by minute. I like it. Uh, it's too late now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sort of redoing the whole structure of the podcast. I can't sort of rebrand the title. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let, let's dive into minutes 41 through 45 of Spookies. And we left with the um, the gal with the British accent sitting in the kind of the musty sofa bed smoking a cigarette while her boyfriend, who's lost his allergy, is saying, you just don't want to do anything that I want to do. Be back in about 10, 15 seconds. This silence and me talking is in lieu of you watching the five minutes that we'll be talking about. So this begins uh, with that couple, like I said, uh, arguing. And it goes through a bunch of different scenes and it ends, uh, at the very end, it ends with um, the couple again and she sees something kind of lizardy slither along the floor by, I think, by the fireplace. What I'm going to do with this, just because I think everyone gets their names said in this five minutes. So what I'm going to do, and I won't do this with all of them, I didn't do this with the Frankensteins, I won't do this with Ghost House, but since there's so much happening here and there's so many characters, I'm just going to kind of traipse through the five minutes here. So we start off, yeah, with the couple yelling. Uh, he's yelling at her and she's ignoring him. And um, I guess, is she being bitchy? I don't know. I guess she could be. She, she certainly she certainly acts a bit like she is, but then he's kind of a goofball too. So, uh, and, then, and then there's this weird scene where you get, what is it? It's... Um, Richard is the Mookie guy. Megan is the the gal who's with the older gentleman, uh, sort of the Sam Watterson light sort of guy. And I've actually forgotten the name of the um the older guy there. But give me a second. It's um is it? It's not Richard because he's Richard. Peter. So it's Peter is the older guy. Megan is the woman he's with. And Megan is, um, uh, I think, like, uh, good friends with or somehow related to um, Duke's girl. Richard is the Mookie guy. I think Adrienne is the British gal. I think Paul might be the guy who's yelling at Adrienne right now. Don't quote me on this. But basically what happens is this really... Did you notice how weird this is at the beginning of this, this scene here? Because you see, you see Peter and Megan entering a room with Richard behind them. 
and they look around and then it immediately cuts to a shot sort of it's, it looks like it's in a kitchen area or something and it's looking to a room down the hallway and Richard steps into a room and you can tell it's the right room because there is a little window on the door which will come into play so somehow Richard is separate from everyone else and he has a candle which he didn't previously has have and he goes into a room with sort of like almost a little satanic setup and and suddenly um two, two candles light and we cut to that that hallway the same shot of the, in that in that kitchen area looking down the kitchen area to that door opening that Richard just went through and suddenly Peter and Megan are behind Richard and they've lost him but he was just right behind them in the previous shot I have no idea what's going on I don't know I'm trying I'm try- I never noticed that before uh, watching it on the old VHS or watching my copy from USA in uh, you know Saturday Nightmares so I'm wondering if that was something where maybe you couldn't really see Richard behind Peter and Megan right there I don't know because if you, you look at it and it's it, the continuity makes no sense where's 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 you know where's Richard what do you mean where's Richard he was right behind you and now suddenly he's really in front of you and um yeah and Richard's in the room and he finds the board and um and it's, it's kind of odd because um he's meant to be in that next room which can't be more than 20 feet away and he's yelling and they're yelling but no one can seem to determine where the other ones are. It's a really weird, it's really, it's a really weird sequence. And of course, uh, Carol is there, the possessed woman, and she's talking with the voice of the old guy, and um, and uh, the board, yeah, the board wants you, and um, Richard tries to escape through the door, and and again, look look at the continuity there when he grabs at the door. The door is almost closed, but when it cuts to Richard and Megan, the door hasn't moved. And then all of a sudden, you, you get you get a shot of Carol, and then all of a sudden, it, you you Richard and Megan rush the door, and it's almost closed. And it's just and and so the door is closed, and they're yelling at him through the little window. And it's weird because <laughs> there's this another really weird moment um, where. Peter and Megan are, are pounding on the door, yelling through it, trying to yell through this little window to Richard. And then all of a sudden, clearly, some like a black piece of paper or something slides up in front of Richard's face. Because he's like there, and then all of a sudden, from the bottom up, his face is covered, is gone. And Richard's, and, and, and um, Peter's response is, I, I can't see him anymore. I can't see anything. Well, you're not meant to, right? Isn't that what this black piece of paper or whatever it was? It's, it's, it seems to imply. And maybe again, in in a copy that didn't doesn't look as good, it might have looked more like the the darkness just kind of kind of appeared. But here you can see someone's like slide, probably Richard, like pushing a piece of paper or something from underneath the window in front of the door. It's a really it's a really weird opening minute, <laughs> like minute minute forty one, and just the start of it is really weird. Um, and it's not weird, like, it's, I, I can't tell, is it, is it, I think it's accidental weird. I mean, Rich is behind them, then suddenly he's in front of them, then suddenly they have no idea where he is, and it's just confusing, yeah. And I like the, um, they go to see if there's another way into the room, and then it immediately cuts to them in one of the endless hallways in the place. I'm, they've never been in the house, so I'm, I'm not sure where exactly they're, I mean, it, so, so they would have had to somehow, like, go back out in the hallway they just came in from, 
and then try to find some some way around there's so many doors and there's so many halls how the hell are they going to find another way i mean i'm sure there there's probably a doorway in a corner or something there's probably another way into the room but it just seems very wishful thinking that one might be able to find that very soon especially in a house this big but you know try they might although megan does keep giving um uh peter looks like are you an idiot? No, no, not not quite that. She kind of uh, doubtful looks, and then and then we see the cat guy with the hook who we have not seen in a while, and he's creeping around the hallway, and 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 yeah, Peter and me are in the hallway, and and Richard is still. I think Richard is. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. We cut to um, the old guy and his his bride who um says she will um, she will poison herself again before he he um, she uh she will uh let him anywhere near her and the whole time i'm just looking around this weird set with those those there are two huge windows right there where do those windows lead i mean are they i'm almost thinking maybe they lead out maybe somewhere in this in the because they don't look like they're underground or anything they're regular windows and there's like an old i guess it's a fireplace in between there is this i think i've i've said it before is this meant to be one of the rooms we've seen that the people are walking through that's sort of like on a different plane of reality do you know what i mean um, like they're existing in a different point or a different space and so they're kind of walking like they're the ghosts um in the room i don't know because those two huge windows you know lead me to believe that you know if you were to open a window you'd see something or you could step out somewhere or you could open it from the other side and come on in I, i'm i'm thinking maybe they're maybe they're sort of within that not within the house but um maybe there's a courtyard or something sort of in the center of the house and that's where we are like deep in the house sort of um maybe, maybe somewhere sort of hidden away that you can't really get to um but then the windows imply that there'd be somewhere you could be on the other you could be on the other side and see the windows so it implies that maybe it's all a big hidden secret place i don't know but it's, it's just a weird looking room at first the the coffin in the back of it i thought was like a pool table and i thought well they'll never be bored but it's not a pool table and there's some weird sort of curtains hanging along the back wall and um the two candles burning at that fireplace thing along with the big the big open rectangle space and that that cloth or whatever it is hanging down makes it look like a face like it's gonna go i'm satanic fireplace everybody light me up i'll steal your soul um and it's it's just such a weird room i guess i guess because it does have that feeling of where is it in relation to everything else and i don't think we ever really learn where that is and then it turns out to the uh the guy in the room who's yelling at um i'm gonna call her adrian i don't think that's her name. is that her name um i thought i thought they said her name is adrian paul i thought um and he's found somehow he's found a small thing of blackberry flavored is it brandy and david it's david i'm sorry and it's, it's is it David and Adrian? I don't know. So he's David, and um, he just refuses to say her name. Um, and now he he doesn't drink, but he's gonna have a little of that brandy. I don't know. I don't think if you've never drank before, maybe that's not the best kind of brandy to try. You you might just um, make a fool of yourself. Plus, um, you don't want to drink old stinky mansion brandy. And then it cuts yeah to to Peter and Megan still creeping around. Adrian and Dave, yep. And they hear Carol laughing, and we see um, 
Richard trying to get out of the room, but the cat man is, is like holding the door closed and Richard's getting a little cheese out. I do like Richard has um not only does he have his Mookie shirt, where'd Mook go? Um, but he has a beer in his pocket. And he tries to um Yeah, he tries to open the door but but can't get it open because the cat man is on the other side pulling on it. And the cat man is mighty amused by that. So we got Richard and Carol and Megan and Peter and Adrian and Dave and um what's what's the guy's Nick no, who's who's the guy? I forget his you know, the other couple, the the, the ones who fought the farting monsters. Uh anyway, uh yeah, Richard is, is trying to be a little um um I think is this where he pees in the He's gonna pee in the fireplace. Oh, he had a beer in one hand and a beer in his pocket. That's pretty. Oh, that picture of him and Mookie on the shirt. That's great. So he's yeah. He goes to pee in the he goes to pee in the fireplace. The cat man opens up the door a little bit. At this point, we're forty four minutes in. We're four minutes in. And then we get Duke and his girl again, and I can never remember her name. And we get a brief glimpse of that little Jawa looking kid hiding in a little space underneath a um. Uh, staircase. Who knows where we are now? We seem to be in a... I do like how we seem to just... I think we're all in, this, in the same house, right? But it just keeps cutting around like we're... Um, uh, we're we could be in a thousand different houses. But it's kind of fun. And, and basically, um, uh, the girlfriend, who's the one I'm not going to be able to name, and her and Duke get in an argument because uh, she's scared. And Duke's being, a, Duke's being a mook is what's going on. And um, so we get to see a little bit of everyone uh, in this um, five minutes, which is nice. And then it all sort of ends with the cat man peering in a window. And like I said, Adrian hearing something slithering along the floor. And we see a little weird lizardy thing. And that's how I, it ends. And so, hey, you know, I'm not going to do that with all of them. But I just want to do that so I could say everyone's name, except the one gal. Say everyone's name at least once. And... Um, yeah, so so we it's what we haven't really advanced anything anywhere. We've just separated Richard from Peter and Megan. But then I thought we'd done that in the previous minute when you kind of see like Richard in a like a um, uh, like a room like knocking over brooms and things like that. But so Adrian and um, her guy sitting on the bed, something creepy in the room. Duke and his gal walking around looking for stuff Megan and Peter sort of lost hearing Carol's voice Richard wandering out in the hall monsters roaming this that and the other who knows what's going to happen next but it looks like something will happen see this is why this is why I'm glad I did this covering the five minutes because could you imagine this taking another five episodes boom in, in 13 and a half minutes or so we are now of me talking we are now at this point where something's going to happen Meanwhile, in Ghost House, I believe our main gal, who I want to say is named Ruth, or Ethel, or Edith, I think I believe she just stepped out of the trailer of the mobile home with the younger sister in it, and I think she's going to go in the house, or is she in the house already? Let's find out. Minutes forty-one through forty-five of Ghost House begin in ten seconds from now. These five minutes involve Martha hearing that dog barking. She looks out of the mobile home and she sees a light go on the top floor of the house. She finds some sort of poker, um, sort of sharp grill 
utensil thing within the camper and goes up into that room and it's a little girl's room and there's a picture of uh, a little girl on the wall it's sort of covered by a curtain and she opens up a trunk that's filled with toys and at the bottom of the trunk is the clown doll which has big sort of big eyes and no teeth and then all of a sudden she kind of touches it and you start to hear that weird wonderful music that plays and all of a sudden it's got it's got huge e- the clown has huge evil eyes and big sharp teeth and then for about a minute or so trumpy you can do magic infests the room where everything like a window opens but like wind comes and it's just everything is flying around the room and there are feathers everywhere and there's um looks looks like almost pinatas or like little um, I don't know, like toy decoration animals and things. There's a blow up, blow up Mickey Mouse. That makes it sound makes it sound naughty, but you, you know, a little little Mickey Mouse that you would blow up kind of thing. Uh, and they all kind of fly around and sort of attack her, and she screams a lot. And then the five minutes ends with everything stopping, and all of a sudden the clown jumps up behind her and grabs her, and um, or the clown doll does not not actually a clown. We do see again. We see a picture in the trunk of the little girl. The the, the girl. And the portrait or the picture above, like the little cameo dresser, whatever it is, is not does not look familiar. But the little girl who's who we see the picture of is is our little girl who's killed her parents and then and then got locked in the basement kind of thing um, earlier on. She's the one that um, Tina keeps seeing, and she's the evil little girl with the evil little clown doll who kills her cat. Um, and I like I like the I like the concept that. This is maybe the same sort of thing, um, plot-wise, that um, Doris Wishman was doing in her original version of Night to Dismember. In the in the Night to Dismember, as we know it now, it's a weird slasher film about a woman who was put in an asylum for killing a bunch of people, but she didn't actually do it, and she's sent back home, and suddenly killings start up again, and. Um, in the, in the original version of the movie, it was meant to be more of a supernatural thing where you see, like, a family in, like, the 40s or 50s in this big house, and um, the girl is possessed by something evil and, like, kills the family, and then, like, the late 70s, early 80s, a new family moves in, and their daughter looks exactly like the girl who killed the family, and she gradually gets taken over by the evil in the house. That was the original. If you've seen the original version of Night to Dismember, which you can actually find fairly easily now, when I did A Minute to Dismember, you could not. Um, I think you'll find it fairly easily now. You, um, you'll you see, I think that's what I think that's what Ghost House is doing. I think the implication is um, that the little girl whose picture or portrait or whatever it was is above the little little makeup table thing. Um, is much much older than the little girl who did the killing in the beginning of the movie, and I'm thinking that the little the girl who's much from more in the past, her spirit is haunting the place and took over the spirit of the little girl who kills a cat, takes the clown and kills her parents, and that spirit is still there and it's still inside the the little girl and the clown, and who knows maybe it's one of those things where a uh, stone tape kind of thing where. Um, the evil the the evil that's in the house has been there for ages just getting passed along from person to person and and maybe it's this room maybe um maybe prior to this uh, prior to the little girls being in the room maybe it was someone else maybe it was an, an uncle wacky uncle's room or maybe it was a room they used for something else where the where the evil lived but they just happened to make it a little girl's room at one time she got infested by the evil and has passed it on to this 
this other girl with the clown doll. And I will say, when you see the little girl standing there in the picture, um, the modern-day little girl, the, the one we're going to see throughout the movie, all I could think was, that's a Phil Mirage girl. There's just there's just something when you watch enough Phil Mirage people, I don't know where they cast a lot of these people from. I have no idea where they came from. But you they, they a lot of them have this sort of look. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if it's um like a deep south kind of thing, because I know that's a lot of them were made, but this this one I think was made in the Boston area. So she I guess maybe has a more New Englandy look. I don't know, but they all have this sort of like Joe D'Amato had a type for what he thought Americans looked like. And they all look a little goofy, so so there you go. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, the minute um, the 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 five minutes, it's nice that we have this because we get more or less a full succinct scene because we had just done this minute by minute. I think at the end of the first minute, she she's she isn't in the room. She's in the room by the end of the second minute, and that you know. And so so I'm glad we're doing this five minutes at a time. Um, as always, as as I said before, you know, I do like Martha, and it's nice to see her doing stuff. She screams a lot, so, um, and she got a cool watch. Did you notice her watch? It almost looked like a, a Swatch kind of watch. You remember Swatches? I never had one, but um, that was, um, to, to anyone who doesn't know what that is, those, those Swatch watches, they, I want to say the 86, 87, something like that, and they were all, like, very colorful, very hip, cool-looking watches. I don't even know if they kept time or had numbers on them, but for, but for like, for, like, a period of time, it was, like, all the kids had them oh and they were awesome uh, I didn't like I said I never did um I I just want to say that uh, Martha's not being weird when she is looking for some sort of implement stabby implement and she looks in the stove in the camper she's not being weird we we used the we occasionally would use the um the uh the 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 uh, the oven. She looked in the oven. We would occasionally uh, use the t- stove, the top of the stove, too, as they are, to boil water and such. But um, generally, when we cooked camping, all the cooking was done either on a grill or in some sort of fire pit that was already there. We, I can't even remember us ever using the stove. So the stove became a storage space because I don't, think, I don't, you know, I, I, I. I I do remember us occasionally boiling water on there, but I think most of the time we just we just didn't. She just used the grill um, that was right outside the camper. Um, so I think I, I just I just always feel like it's kind of dangerous to put the gas. I'm thinking of J- Jason lives and the and the camper exploding and that. You know, I just think it's kind of a little dangerous to like like we wouldn't like most of the time when I was there we wouldn't we'd rarely have the shower or anything set up or rarely have the stove set up simply because we would bring a grill or we'd have a fire pit and there was a bathroom and showers right nearby and um uh i i think i I think that's more like if you're a couple or you're alone use the shower use the stuff like that that's fun it's easy to do there's a sewer line and things like that but when you got like four or five family members it's it's gets a little gungy after a time and i don't recommend it so Although these guys are probably using the shower because I can't imagine there's anything in the house they can use. Anyways, I, I don't know. I'm fascinated with talking about the mobile home. I did that with the last episode. Um, so I'm going to stop here. But yeah, she goes up there and she empties out. I, I love I love that the this trunk has this really creepy, odd clown doll in it. And then all the rest of the stuff is kind of like, like I said, some of the things in there are sort of like, um, 
like like um like birds or animal sort of decorations you would hang at a party not a pinata specifically but like you not not like not look at some of the ones she throws they're not they're not toys they're not things you play with they are things like if you you know I don't know if you had a SpongeBob party and you had some sort of SpongeBob thing you'd, you'd hang up. And the kids would go, hey, it's SpongeBob. Do kids still watch SpongeBob? Hey, it's SpongeBob. Um, and you, you wouldn't play with that. That's sort of, um, that's a decor- it's a decoration is basically what it is. So, so half of her trunk is filled with decorations. Maybe her family was extremely cheap and they just gave her decorations. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, um, they had the clown and they had a couple of toys but they didn't have nearly enough to fill the trunk, but the trunk needed to be filled. So the director sent the prop person or whatever to the nearest, like, toy store, Kmart, something like that, and just said, get a bunch of stuff that we can put in here. And they just went there and like, grabbed everything they saw, regardless of whether or not it would have been something uh, that a child played with. Although maybe it was a very weird job. And yes, like I said, it becomes... Um, Trumpy, you can do magic for a while. And the tricky thing is, is Martha is doing her best... But it's like one of those things like whenever cats attack people in movies, and it's clear that the cats don't want to be there. You know, someone's kind of manipulating the cat to get it to look real. That's what it kind of looks like here. She's doing her best. But it's it's like it's like decorations from birthday parties and, and like um and like a you know, a foot and a half tall blow up Mickey Mouse thing. I don't even know why that would be fun to play with. You know, just all flying around the room and feathers everywhere and, and chaos and it actually feels like the sort of thing that maybe a little evil girl who wasn't fully sort of under the devil's sway would um, would do to try to scare someone. I'm going to have all my toys fly around and hit you in the face. Ooh, and feathers. Lots of feathers. I don't know. It's not a little girl's voice. I don't know what that was. I'm a little tired. But um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting five minutes because now um, yeah we got the we got the clown we got the we got the picture of the little girl. Um, which, which of course, um, uh, Tina had mentioned. So, um, I don't know if things are going to build too fast from here, but things are going to happen. Trust me, folks. This this film has a few really gory, sloppy moments in it that we really haven't experienced yet. And Spooky's Spooky's doesn't really, but but um, Spooky's has um, enough to to warrant good time. So I'm glad we did this. To hop ahead five. Next time we'll do minutes 46 through 50 in episode 42 of Ghosties. Y'all be good to yourselves and listen to this.